0: Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Karis Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amen at We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Karis. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at charis.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Lord, speak your word to us. Teach us your word. Reveal yourself to us. Let us discover you. Let us see what you have empowered and engraced us to do and to attain, and to achieve. We thank you. you, Reveal yourself to us through the pages of the scriptures. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time, God God is good. Therefore, Hebrews. Genesis chapter 14, verse 13. It says that, Then... One who had escaped came and told Abraham the what? The all right, Abraham the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the uh, terebinth trees of Mamre, the Amorite brother of Eshcol and brother of Anna and all that. Now, so Abraham—that's the, the first time the word Hebrews was used in the Bible. Hebrew, okay, Abraham the Hebrew. Let's all say that together. Say it again. Alright. Abraham was the first Hebrew. And if you read your Bible very carefully, you'll find out that Abraham came from the other side of the river. So God called Abraham from I think Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1. God called Abraham from the other side of the Euphrates. Euphrates is the river. Okay. Now who is a Hebrew? A Hebrew is actually a river crosser. Alright. So a Hebrew is simply a river crosser. Now Remember, Abraham is the first Hebrew, so that's why his descendants, descendants were called the Hebrews. But spiritually, we are the sons of Abraham. All right, Bible says that if you have faith, then um, all those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. Those of us who are of faith, we are the sons of Abraham. All right, and He said that if you are seeds of Abraham, then we are blessed according to the. We are heirs of Abraham, then we are blessed according to the promise. Now, so Abraham is the Hebrew. We are the sons of Abraham. We are the Hebrews. Now, but in what way do we, are we Hebrews? Because Hebrews is a river crosser. What river have you crossed? If you read the Bible very carefully, um, there are always crossings of rivers. There are many rivers to cross in the Bible. So if you study the text very carefully, even when you're going to the presence of God, there was a water body. There was some water in the tabernacle. There was this water in this container, hard water. You have to apply the water before you go further. That's why when they delivered them from Egypt, they needed to cross the Red Sea, which was, according to Peter, it was a sign of baptism, right? So there are are images or imageries of river crossing and water crossings all over in the scriptures for the people of God because if you are people of God, you have to cross water. That is why it's necessary for us to go through baptism. All right, so we cross the waters now. So we Hebrews, we are we we, we the Christians. We have crossed water. What water? The water, but we go through water. We go through uh, uh, from one one area from one land to another land. Okay, so we are the Hebrews now. The title of the message is therefore Hebrews. So not the book of Hebrews, but the people of Hebrew, the Hebrews. Therefore, you Hebrews. <laughs> Now, when you read the Bible very carefully, is, particularly in the New Testament, let me sound a little bit theological, in the New Testament or in the Bible, there are the narratives and then we have the didactics. The, the narratives are storytelling. So if you read, the, it's usually, you can also call it the historical accounts. So what most of us know as the gospel according to Matthew, how many gospels have we got? How many? First right, what, what, one. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, these are all biographies of Jesus Christ. It's telling us about the human Jesus. It's the historical records of human Jesus, his birth, his living, the things he did, and his dying and resurrection. It tells us all. So if you want to know everything Jesus did or what Jesus did... Every, much of it is encapsulated or in, uh, captured in the gospels. Now, there are four gospels. Every one of them focuses on something particularly unique, All right, so but John was quite quite very different, and so theologians call the first three gospels the synoptic gospel synonymous synoptics. They talk virtually about the same things, but when you read John, John talks about something very different. In it's interestingly, John's (laughs) can you imagine the gospel of John focuses on the last 10, I think, last 12 days of Jesus Christ's life on earth, so it doesn't span. Just the last few days of his life, the gospel of John, because he's trying to present Jesus to help us to realize that Jesus is the Son of God, Jesus is there. That's why it starts in the beginning, was the word, the word was with God, and the word of God. He just he wasn't interested in anything, but just to let us know that Jesus is God in the flesh. Someone say amen. amen. And so these are the the narratives, the narratives, the storytelling, the historical accounts. So the, when you read all the, oh, the narratives, but then there's another narrative, there's another historical account, which is called the, book, the Acts of the Apostles. What does it do? It tells us about the acts, the behavior of the apostles, when the Holy Spirit, as well, the Holy Spirit came upon them. So the Acts of the Apostles is also actually also a na- narrative. So you can tell that we have, in the New Testament, we have the narratives, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts. They are all historical records. But then right after that, What book comes after Acts? Some of you don't know. What book comes after after Acts? Romans. Romans. Those who like roaming around. So uh, the book of Acts, then you you go to Romans. Now, Romans is not um, narrative. Romans is didactic. Didactic didactic means that it gives instructions. You have to do this, do that, don't do this, do this, do that. It is in Romans chapter 12 where you find that, Therefore, my beloved brethren... Um, Romans chapter 12 verse 1, uh, 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 um, I beseech you, good, I beseech, thank you very much, I beseech you, the, I beseech you all, therefore. Ah, I beseech you all, therefore. therefore, my beloved brethren, now when you read Romans chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, it talks about what Christ has done for us, how we were sinners, how the Lord could not save us, how we were struggling. Oh, wretched man like that I am, who can save me from this body of death? It tells us, it tells us, uh, chapter 8, there's not therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Then it goes on, if God be for us, it says if the Spirit of God lives in us, it uh, 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 those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It talks about how the Spirit of God helps us in our infirmities. It talks about, Romans chapter 8, uh, if God be for us, who can be against us? It talks about if Jesus Christ does not condemn us. It talks about no life nor death, nothing can separate us from the love, of, the love of Christ, the love of God in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter, uh, uh, chapter 8 again, verse 37, somewhere talks about in Christ Jesus, we are more than conquerors. And then Romans chapter 9 begins to talk about the Jews and then talks about how we have been brought in based on grace and the mercy of God. So it says, not of him that willeth, neither is it of him that runneth, it, but it's of God who shows mercy. Then Romans chapter 10 picks it up, talks a little bit more about the Jews. Romans chapter 11 talks more about how the Jews were originally supposed to be Thank <laughs> you. The main guys, but because of unbelief, they they missed it. God brought us in, and God has a plan to bring them back in, because God knows whatever he's doing. Now, after telling us all about, watch this, after telling us chapter 1 to chapter 11, about what God has done, what God has done, what God has done. done, It's not based on what you have done, but what God has done, you are justified by faith. Justification. It's all in Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God. It's all about justification, what God has done. Then chapter 12 said, I beseech you therefore. Say therefore. Therefore. On the basis of what has been done, I beseech you therefore. My beloved brother, chapter 12, verse 1. It's, that's, that's the style of the didactic writings. The didactic writings are written to give us instructions, show us how we have to live. So if you want to know how you ought to live as a Christian, it's good to know how Christ lived. But if you want to know how you ought to live as a Christian, you have to check what the epistles say. The epistles simply are the uh, letters. Letters written to the church, letters written to people telling them how they ought to live. And so the epistles always, the epistles always had watch this. I like Ephesians when I was reading Ephesians, it opened my eyes so much, so, so, so much, so, so much. Most of the epistles were written to correct things that were going on in the church. Yeah, so Corinthians they were just messing up, living recklessly. When they would get together, I said, Someone should pray. Then. Uh, We are about to eat. So can you bless the food for us? I don't understand what you're saying. Paul said, are you out of your mind? corinthians were into bible said the corinthians did not come short of miracles second corinthians chapter 12 verse 12 it talks about all the signs of the apostles were worked, were worked in you but he said you guys i need you to come up in your giving lifestyle. he says that some of you i've heard that there are some of you who are fighting amongst yourself shouldn't be And he said so that that's when he began to explain what tongues is for he began to explain if i can speak in tongues i can do and i don't have love i'm nothing so he was addressing a lot of issues. He said, second, he said, that I hear that one of you has been sleeping with your father's wife. <laughs> yeah, this is very interesting. So he wrote to correct Galatians. He wrote Gal- Galatians was written to correct something because this Jew, uh, uh, the Jews were in, 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 forcing the Gentiles. You know where Gentiles. Gentile is? I suppose you should know that by now. The Gentiles who have become born again forcing them to live based on the Levitical law. And so Galatians had to write to say, "Listen, we are saved by grace and not the law. You don't have to force people to and all that." But Ephesians, see Ephesians, Ephesians was not written to correct any problem. Ephesians was written to tell us God's perspective about the church. Oh, that's nice. I love Ephesians. And then Ephesians is six chapters. Six chapters from chapter one to three talks about what Christ has done. Chapter 4 to 6 talks about what you should do therefore. Say therefore. Therefore. There is always a therefore. (laughs) Christianity doesn't start with what you do. (laughs) It starts with what? It starts with what? I want someone to mention is the way I want it to be mentioned. It starts with what? Okay. It, it starts with what? Christ it starts with what? Christ it starts with what? Christ Christ Christianity starts with Christ alone. You don't bring anything to the table. But after you come in, you begin to you come and stand on a platform called therefore. <laughs> now that you are in, it's just like marriage. Now that you are in, now therefore. So most throughout the didactic writings, there were always, therefore, 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 that's why I showed you. Actually, in Ephesians chapter one, after I spoke about, I've heard all these things, you are doing this, you're doing this, Ephesians chapter one, from I think verse verse 14, 15, 16, somewhere there, He said, therefore, since I heard of your, Faith, and ahead of you on this thing, uh, this, this—that's uh, what I'm praying for you. Ephesians chapter three is talking about therefore, and so there are always therefores in the scriptures that tells you your portion. What you also have to do, because that's—it's Christ alone. It starts and ends. Bible says he's the outer and the finisher, all right? So it starts and ends with Christ. But how to live the Christian life requires a therefore. Does that make sense? You are born again, therefore. You are going to heaven. Therefore. Jesus has done everything for you. Therefore. He has blessed them with all spiritual blessings. So why is it not showing? Because you haven't done the therefore. So the therefore now takes the responsibility and gently hands it over. Mm. In your hands now is your turn. Mm. Therefore is the passing on of the baton. You heard the wonderful things we have heard about Jesus Christ, what He's done. Actually, when you read James chapter 5, oh lovely. Um, no, James chapter 4, verse 6. It's interesting. This is one of the therefores, okay? James chapter 5, is, verse, uh, James chapter 4, verse 6, it talks about this. Is talking about God. He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Go to the next verse. Did you see that? Because God resists the proud and gives grace to them, those who are humble, he said, no, therefore submit yourself to God. So he doesn't just tell you what to do. He tells you the basis. Okay, this is what God does. And so you to this what you should do. Uh, uh, look at First Peter chapter 5. Yeah, 5-5. It's actually the same thing. First Peter 5-5. 1 Peter 5 5. He said, Likewise, you younger, younger people, submit yourself to the uh, elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. Why? For, for God resists the proud, you know, and gives grace to the humble. Never think someone is taking advantage of you when you are being humble. Because when you are being humble, you are exposing yourself for grace. The haughty, the proud, God resists you. Say, himself, he said, I don't have a space for you. All right. But after, after he said, God resists the proud, and God gives grace to the, resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Go to the next verse, verse, verse seven. You see? Sorry, verse six. See, he said, what? Well, therefore. Therefore what? Did he say, let God do it for you? No. He talked about what God does. Then he said, therefore, you do this, is what you got to do. Someone gets it. God does some things because God, oh, because God answers prayers, therefore pray. All right, you are born again for a therefore. And the past two weeks we've been talking about, well, we have a high priest. <laughs> high priest. Now, what's the, t- the title for today's message? Therefore, Hebrews. Or oh, you can make it Therefore, you Hebrews. <laughs> me Hebrew. (laughs) Therefore Hebrews. So now, at least you have an idea about where this is leading to. Therefore, because of this, because of what? What's the therefores about Hebrews, uh, in Hebrews? Actually, Hebrews, I was studying, I was studying. I love Hebrews, you know. Next time when I I finish Ephesians, I'm going on Hebrews on television. Hebrews, then we come to Romans, then I go to Galatians. Those are my best books. I just love them. Hebrews has a, a, a few therefores, about five of them. But, you know, the way they have interspaced the force in Hebrews is so beautiful. Hebrews has been well laid out. Do you know how Hebrews starts? Hebrews starts with how God, who in the time, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1, how God in the times past spoke to the fathers through the prophets, but now in these days he's speaking to us by his son. Say his son. His son, his son. So, that's, that's the introduction of Hebrews, that God speaks to us through his son. God speaks to us through his son. Tell someone, God speaks to us through his son. All right, so it says that God speaks to us. So that's the introduction of Hebrew. Then, see, I, I, like, I like the author of Hebrews. That, let me tell you something. They're a bit theological, but it's good to know. Every book of the Bible, theologians know who wrote it. Even though God, God didn't take a pen and a paper, God, Bible says, all scripture is given by the Spirit. God had to s- inspire people. And Bible talks about how the prophets of old, they were moved by the spirit of God. Okay, so it's God, but using human agents without violating their will, their desires, their purposes, their emotions, and everything. So God wrote, but then, so, I mean, for instance, who wrote the book of John? You should know that by now. Who wrote the book of Luke? Huh? Yeah, who wrote the book of Isaiah? But no one knows. Up to now, the only book in the Bible which has disputed authorship is Hebrews. Many believe it's Paul. Some also believe maybe it's not Paul. Because Paul has a style of writing. But when you look at um, uh, Hebrews, it's not so. Look at how it started. Normally, when Paul is writing, he says that, Greetings. Greetings. Peace be upon you, grace and mercy to you. Then he, he, said, he talks about that. Then he begins to talk about Jesus Christ who has done this. But Hebrews doesn't start with that. Hebrews just starts: BAM! Jesus Christ. <laughs> God spoke in the past through the prophet. Now he's speaking to us by Jesus. Then he began to raise the. Someone would think about, Oh, you're writing to Hebrews. No, please, let me, let me make this clear. Spiritually, the Hebrews, we are the Hebrews. But physically, there were Hebrews who were alive. All right, so the Hebrews, the Jews who were very familiar with Judaism, they were practicing the Levitical priesthood. Does that make sense when he says that Jesus is better, Jesus' high priesthood is better than the Levitical priesthood? Because he, the people who were talking to were people who practiced their Old Testament very well. That, that, that was, That's all they had. That was all they had. So he had to explain some things now. So when he started writing, he says, God is speaking to us through Jesus. This is like someone would think, but well, why, why Jesus? He says, then he began to say, Jesus is better than the angels. All right, so he spoke about, um, I think, five, yeah, five, five, five major items or major personalities or major figures in the Old Testament who Jesus was superior to. So first he said, Jesus was, was so when you read Hebrews chapter one, right from the beginning, he begins to talk about angels. You see, angels there. He says that Jesus is better than the angels because none of the angels. God never said to any of the angels, "You are my son." So Jesus is superior to the angels, right? So right from chapter one, started talking about superior to, to angels as the son of God. So so Jesus, being the son of God, he's superior to the angels because he's the only one who God said that your your throne is forever. Oh oh thou thou oh Lord, your throne is forever and all that. and then then he compared. He, the, Jesus to the angels as a, well as the Son of Man. So first of all, He's superior as the Son of God. Then next one, He said, even as a Son of Man, as a human being, He was even superior to the angels. Because I like Hebrews chapter 2 when it talks about He came to die for us. Angels couldn't die for us. So I, 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 Hebrews chapter 2 talks about how <laughs> Hebrews chapter 2, I think verse 11, 12, somewhere there, how He became the captain of our salvation. Because of what he did on the cross. And verse 17 talks about how the high priest he became the high priest after the order of men. So he says that Jesus' human human living was superior to the angels. I'm going somewhere. But one thing I discovered that after he spoke, anytime he spoke out, he spoke about what Jesus was superior to, he says, therefore. In Hebrews chapter 2, he spoke about how Jesus is superior to the angels. The first, therefore, or you can call it the first warning. He says that because, chapter 2 from verse 1 to 4. He said, therefore, we should give heed to the things that have been spoken to us about Jesus. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. So, you see, anytime he painted the picture, he said, you two have to do this. In the light of this, do this. All right. So, he says that, therefore, did you see that? Do you see that? Therefore, we must give you must give the more endless heat to the things we have heard. So that unless we drift away, because Jesus is superior to the angels, the things that we are teaching, the things that we are learning, give heat to it, Other than that the devil will come in. So therefore give heat. Then after that, I like this. Then he said, So Jesus is superior to the angels. Then he went on to the next one, the next major figure in the old testament. Jesus he is superior to, the, uh, to Moses. Someone say Moses. That's chapter three, from verse one to three. Jesus is superior to the Moses. In what sense? As the apostle and the high priest of our calling. He Moses was an apostle. Who is an apostle? Greek word, apostolos, sent one. Moses was sent. God appeared to Moses in the wilderness. He said, Moses, I've heard the cry of people and I've come. I'm coming to send you to go and deliver them. So Moses went as a, a, a sent one to go and deliver the people. Jesus also came as a sent one. Remember, all throughout the gospel, we kept saying that my father, the father who sent me is with me. My father sent me. My father sent me. He came as a sent one. All right, so Jesus was superior to the Moses as the sent one, and after he spoke about Jesus being superior to the Moses as the sent one, the the next warning that followed was, "Do not do not fall, come short of the promise of entering the rest of God." You know what? Moses went to bring them with the intention of bringing them to to promised land. So okay, so Jesus and Moses. You remember on Friday he spoke about entering the rest of God. Yes. He says that we have to be careful lest we don't enter the rest. So in Hebrews chapter three, in Hebrews sorry, in Hebrew, yeah, Hebrews chapter three verse seven, downwards to chapter four verse thirteen, it, it spoke about how we should be careful. Therefore, we should be careful so that we do not we do not come short of the promise of entering the rest. You remember chapter four verse one? We quoted it last uh, Friday. Chapter four verse one. See, 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 this is very interesting. I'm trying to get someone to see something. All right. Therefore, since since a promise remains of entering His rest, so now this warning is not about pay give heed. This promise is about make sure you enter the rest. And I I I taught us I taught us on Friday that the reason why they didn't enter the rest was because of what unbelief, right? Moses, you remember the the people all the people who came out of Egypt, only two entered. And the reason why they didn't enter was because of unbelief. So he warns us that we should be careful. Other than that, we also fall after the same, alike King James, the same similitude of the example. It's interesting. James, um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. And so then he said, because Jesus is superior to Moses, Jesus is superior to Moses, we should therefore be careful that we also do not fall short of entering the rest of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Do you understand that? So that's the second, or is it the second or the third? Is the second. Then he went on to talk about. So after Moses, he said Jesus is superior to Aaron, the high priest. Uh So Jesus being superior to Aaron, the high priest, he he, um, according uh, in what way? He is superior as a high priest to Aaron because his high priestly office is according to the order of Melchizedek. And we all know that Melchizedek, his high priestly office, is superior to the Aaronic um, priestly office. Why? Can someone remember? Sorry? Yes, we will come to that. We will come to that. That's a good one. But why? What's the difference between Melchizedek and Aaron's priesthood? Sorry? 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 It's not hereditary. Okay, that's some of the reasons. Yes, it has no hand, and no that's one of it. Oh, Sorry, that's the one I'm looking for. Say it louder. He was, he, was. he was there, but the other one came after Abraham, mm. and Abraham saw Melchizedek. He said, "Yes, sir, yes, sir." And Abraham knelt down. Melchizedek blessed him, but ironic, ironic. Christ was in Abraham when he received, so that one's higher than. Yeah, remember the argument in Hebrews chapter eleven, chapter seven. All right, so that is one reason why Jesus is Jesus is superior to Aaron as a, because his high priest is after the order of said, Not only that, secondly, because his high priest just what all of you said is his kind of high priest doesn't end; it's perpetual. You know, it's, it's eternal. And I like the way Hebrews chapter 7, all the way from 1 to 28, uh, somewhere it talks about. It. He's also able to save to the uttermost. High priests, the Aaronic high priest, they can't save you. They can't save anybody. And so Jesus is better. So he talks, he spoke about Jesus' high priest, priestly office being better. Jesus being better than Aaron because his high priestly, high priestly office is higher. Then, in chapters, chapter 5, verse 11 and chapter, to chapter 6, verse 20, that was when he spoke about, because Jesus' high priesthood is better than Aaronic high priesthood, We said, therefore, we should be brought into maturity. So... <laughs> this scripture. And the only time we are doing the foundation class, and I take that, it blesses me so much. I take a lot of time there, so I don't want to be tempted to quote it too much. But permit me, indulge me to just mention it a bit. Hebrews chapter five, from verse eleven. You know, verse 12, he says, even though by this time you, have to, you ought to be teachers, you need someone else to teach you, and you need, you, you need milk. You know, so you ask, oh, I love that one, I love that one. All right. And then chapter 6, so he says that you should, should by now you should be, you should have you mastered some stuff, but you still are babes. You are not maturing. Go to chapter 6, verse 1, and see what it says. What does it say? How does it start? Let's go. Let's read it out. Yeah. the discussions of the elementary principle. So therefore, leave something and mature. Why? Because Jesus' high priesthood is higher. So, have you noticed that therefore, say therefore Hebrews? Hebrews. I'm going somewhere. Therefore, therefore. And so, after Jesus has done his part, you too do your part. Now, he's better than angels. Okay? So, then listen to him. And the things you have heard about Jesus, don't let this slip out of your mind. He's better than Moses. Therefore, strive. To enter into rest. Because Moses brought some people out of Egypt. He pulled them out of Egypt. And some of them, not all of them entered. Now, if Moses, not all of them entered, then Jesus is better than most of you. He's out to better rest. You have to be careful. Other than that, you too, you fall at the way they fell in the wilderness. And just the sad bit that Christians says that the thing is not working. The thing is, the thing is not working. It's not that it's not working. Someone has fallen off. <laughs> God promised me from the beginning of January that in the next four months I'll be like this and look, five months have come, nothing has happened. The problem is not with God. It's with your therefore. What have you done with the therefore? There is always a therefore. That is what I discovered about some churches or some ministries in Africa which disturbs me. And you, I'm sure you'll be aware of some of them. Where they said, I, I mean, I've been, I, I, I grew up in Africa. I, I was born again, fire. I attended all night and stuff. Some, some of the all night, you, you go and then they, they, this, this, this prophet will stand there. you know, He said, Hey, God has told me he's raising five millionaires here. Run and come. People will be running. Then go. He said, All those who are part of the five, five millionaires are supposed to give um, 10,000 pounds each. <laughs> yeah, you want to be a millionaire, so you're going to exchange. <laughs> And guess what? After that, that's all, that's all, that's all there is. So that, there's no responsibility. There's no, therefore, they live their lives normal. But you, you already don't have a job. And you're life saving, you want to give it. And you don't have a job, you are not really working hard, you are not taking any course. and yet you are hoping that it has been said you'll be a millionaire. So maybe it will happen, because I believe, no. Yes, we are believers, so you believe. But we believe, therefore, <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. It's, some of you will, will be familiar with what I'm talking about. May I be aware? It's common. It's common. There are so many people. It's okay. God says that He's going to give you a husband. He's going to give you a wife. I, I came. I have the anointing for marriage. Come and receive it. And you come. They anoint you with oil. The oil is good. But sometimes we, we leave the responsibility for the oil. So you are anointed with the oil. And you won't even change your presentation you, see that? you won't change your presentation or you don't change the way you talk to men and everyone who comes into your life they get attracted but when they come and you begin to talk mm, i can't stand this kind of attitude. go and you are receiving a lot of oil and you say nothing is happening receiving oil nothing is happening no one is coming why will someone come you are spoiling the oil. You are spoiling the oil. You are spoiling the oil. Do something. I remember when I was a young Christian, my pastor, one of the pastors in our church made a statement I never forgot. He said that a certain lady came to, to him and he said that, Pastor, my salon, I, she's a hairdresser, and for some reason, it looks like demons are attacking my business. Things are not working. The pastor prayed. After a few weeks, he came and said, Pastor, I don't know. I want you to step, come into my um, salon, pray. And he said, went there, he prayed, and then looked at the towels the woman was using. It was very dirty. <laughs> dirty towels. Dirty towels. And he said, demons are sucking them. <laughs> it's your dirty towel. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. You see a man, you see a woman, a man, and he's not treating his, his wife well. And he's saying that, the devil is using my wife. I'm getting... Learn the principles of treating a woman well and you get the best out of her. You say amen. Yeah. So, 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 do you believe in the oil? Yeah. Therefore, do some stuff. There's a devil. There's a devil. So you can better yourself and don't say, "Me, and go to church." God, will it's just like you are going to write an exam. You said, "I'm going. To, I'm not going to learn because I believe the anointing is going to work." And then before you go and write the exam, you you, you grease your hair, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> You're you, you, you moving. You're moving. You're coming to write the oil, oh yeah. and then you put a little in your in your pocket when you get, when they give you the paper. You pour some on it. Hey! <laughs> You are going for an interview, you, um, the anointing is good, yeah. all right? But why are you going for an interview, for a job? Nadine attended 10, 14 interviews, and she will tell you, every one of them, it was daunting, preparing, reading, sleepless night. You, you put oil on And then you go and sleep and sleep and sleep. Yeah. Ah, ah, when you wake up even late, oh, God, I thank you. I am blessed. Yeah. Lord, I thank you. I, you can't miss a thing. I thank you. I thank you. Yeah. Lord, yeah. <laughs> And then you go, and you go, they look at you, say, what, what can we do for you? So I came for the job. You are talking bold. The righteous is as bold as a lion. But <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> so, therefore, so if your marriage is not working, it's your fault. Work on it. Stop complaining about your wife. Stop complaining about your husband. Work on it. Work on it it takes two to tango, especially if you have been married for some time, then if you've been able to marry, that means you're not demons. Yes! You can make it work. You can make it work. So after we pray for you, therefore, Hebrew, 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 therefore, didactic. I understand why you don't, you won't clap, but that's fine because... Therefore, say therefore Hebrews. Therefore, Hebrews. <laughs> so, so he compared us, he compared Jesus Christ, and he said Jesus Christ is superior to Moses. Then he says he's superior to Aaron as high priest. Because Aaronic High Priest is not is, is inferior to the Melchizedek high priest. Then he says that not only that, because the, the Jesus' high priest is Eternal, He's a living high priest. Then he says, because of therefore, because of the high priest we have, we should mature, grow up. It's amazing when you read the Bible very carefully, the amount of favor God has lavished on us. However, we did the favor. Can you imagine, Pastor Frank? The scripture I like quoting in, I think, in Titus chapter two, verse eleven. He says, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us, so it doesn't just appear. Savior, you are there. After you are saved, it teaches you. See the grace of God brings us. In. Go to the next verse, twelve. It said, "Teaching us, there is something you should be. You should also be doing." Say, therefore Hebrews. therefore, Hebrews. All right. So, therefore, grow up, because you have a high priest whose office is better than everyone. And then he then he moves on to the. The Christ's new covenant is superior to the Old Testament covenant. Christ's new covenant is superior to the Old Testament covenant for two reasons. Number one, it is, it is a covenant with better promises. Woo-hoo-hoo. I like that one. Then it says that, secondly, why is it superior? Because it has better sacrifices and it uses better blood and in a more excellent tabernacle. You remember I spoke about all that last week? So it's better sacrifices, better blood. Which is the blood for the new covenant? It's the blood of Jesus. What's the blood for the new covenant? Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant. So the blood of Jesus is far better than the blood of bulls and goats. And then um, it's better than that because it has... uh, a more p- excellent and a perfect, a more use the word, more perfect tabernacle. The tabernacle. All right. Hmm. I'm going somewhere. But I want to, so it's, let me just say the first command. So because it's better than the old covenant and everything, come, f- uh, come forward to the, uh, to the holies of holies. That's where I'm going. All right. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's look into our Bibles. I think this will help us. So in Hebrews chapter, uh, um, chapter 8 from verse 1 all the way to chapter 10 verse 18, is comparing the old covenant to the new covenant, the old covenant to the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 8 all the way to chapter 10 verse 18, the old covenant to the new covenant. And then when he finished comparing all that and he said that the, the, Jesus' new covenant is better than the old covenant, then he says verse, verse 19, Hebrews 10, 19. That's where I've been going. I will leave the other therefore. there. Are one, there's one more therefore. But Hebrews 10, 19. Is it okay if we all read it together from the screen? I want you to read it out loud. Okay. Let's go. Therefore, therefore brethren, having brethren, having boldness brethren, to enter brethren, the holies by the blood, 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 of, bo- blood, by the blood, blood of Jesus. Blood. Okay, one more time. Therefore, brethren, having brethren, boldness brethren, to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Blood. Now, what does it mean by to enter the holiest? Oh, come on, come on. The what? The veil. Because you can't enter the holies. Before I go on a bit further, I want to show you something. Look, you can't stick your finger there because we are coming back. That's where we, that's where we, are, we are finishing the message. of. But when you go back to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 20, or verse 18, 19. Hebrews chapter 6, towards the end, is an amazing one, because I like it so much. It talks about, uh, by two meter, both things in which it's not, it's, impos- it's not possible. It's impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold on the hope set before us. Say hope set before us. Hope set before us. Say hope set before us. Set before then it's all right. Let me take my time to tell you about this hope. And then verse, 18, verse 19 it says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure, both sure and steadfast. Which enters where? <laughs> Which enters where? <laughs> Which enters where? All right. Let me show you this, how you do your Bible studies. Because of the things I've been teaching in the past, you should understand. When we talk about the presence, what does it mean by the presence? No, no, put it back on the screen, please. The presence behind the veil. What presence was behind the veil? What, which veil are we talking about? The veil that separated the temple, the holies of holies, where the presence of God was to the, the rest of the temple or even the, the people. All right? So, who enters the holies of holies? Yes. How many times? Once a, once a year. Okay, so once a year he goes. And when he goes, what if something happens to him and he can't come out? What happens? Yes. Can't anybody go in? No. So, what do they do when he goes? No, before he dies. If he doesn't die. All right. Let's say I'm the high priest. Okay. And I'm entering behind the veil. Okay. So the people have prayed over your, uh, the goats, scapegoats. I've got the blood. I'm going. clean, clean, kring. Kring, kring, kring. kring. And I enter. What would you guys be doing? They're all out there in the outer court waiting for their high priest to emerge. As soon as the high priest comes, it means that it's done. It's done. So watch this. In those days no one no one could see inside the veil let alone to go there. Okay? And it says that our hope goes be, goes enters the presence behind the veil. Now, go to the next verse. That's where I'm going. Whew, you will like this. Where the forerunner has entered for us. Who is the forerunner? Jesus. Where the forerunner have entered for us, even Jesus having become a high priest forever, according to the order of material. Now watch this. What is a forerunner? <laughs> <laughs> eh? <laughs> ahead of you. So what's so once what say someone is going ahead of you? What does that mean? Before you? All right. I'm going to new cross gates ahead of you. I'm going ahead of Pastor Frank. And then he comes to ask, Is Pastor Frank coming? I say, I'm going ahead of him. Implicit in that statement I made means what? Pastor Frank is coming. Because if I'm going ahead of him, that means that he's coming there. All right. If I say Pastor Frank is waiting for me to come back, implicit in that statement is that he's not coming. All right. So if he says that forerunner, what does that mean? He's gone before us for us to follow. In the Old Testament, the high priest goes in. They wait for him to come back. In the New Testament, hey, he, he goes to wait for us to join. <laughs> Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Now, with that in mind, chapter ten, verse nineteen. <laughs> Therefore, say therefore. Therefore. The brethren there means you Hebrews. Therefore, you Hebrews. Therefore. So what have you got to do? Since Jesus has done all these things for us, what have you got to do? Watch this. It says, i have not even opened it in my Bible. Ooh, okay. I found it now. Therefore. Therefore, brethren. It's right there. Having boldness to enter where? The Holy... Does it make sense when he said you to enter? Yeah. Why? Because the foreigner is waiting. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah! Yeah. Hallelujah! Yeah. Therefore having boldness to enter into the Holy what does it mean practically for us? You must always have the boldness to come into the presence of God behind the veil. Yeah. Behind the veil. Yeah. It does not matter the state you are in. You must always know that God is waiting for you. Come talk to me. God said, come talk to me, girl. Come talk to me, boy. I need to hear from you. Don't worry. You don't need anyone to stand in. Come, come yourself. You don't need an angel. You don't need a saint. You don't need a high priest. Come to me. Come talk to me. God said, you come. And he says that. Can you imagine a thief going to the police station? Some people here have experienced that before. Driving without insurance. And the last thing you want is to do is a police car behind you. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't know what I'm talking about. The last thing you want to see is a police car behind you. Oh no! You begin to pray. You feel like should I take left? Take right? Oh, what if you and the worst is if you take left and then instead they also come here. <laughs> all right, all right. So 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 then. You, because watch this, they didn't even notice you, they don't know about you. But why you are timid because of the fault around you. Now he says that, therefore, because of Jesus having gone ahead, therefore, you come boldly, okay. don't be timid. Here, come, don't be t- just come, just somebody, just, just come, say, just come. just come, therefore, come boldly before the throne of grace. Put it on the screen, please. Again, so, sir, therefore, let us, therefore, brethren. Having boldness to enter the holies by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Did you realize, this is how I study my Bible, brothers and sisters. Oh! Did you realize it's not a complete statement? I've just explained the mindset, the reason behind but it's not said anything actually. Oh, he said that we have boldness. Therefore, having boldness to enter by the blood of Jesus. What? What? He hasn't told us what to do. He's just saying the state. Therefore, having boldness to enter, oh, that, that makes you want to go further. What is he trying to say, tell me to do? That's why you should study your Bible. Because you need the therefore to take the delivery of your miracle. So if you don't understand the terms of the therefore, you won't get a miracle. And you'll be waiting, oh God, I've been waiting. Oh, and nothing is happening, why, only me? No, it's because you haven't seen the instructions. The instruction, read the instruction manual. I don't know, my iPad, it can't take pictures. Read the instruction manual, it will show you how to take pictures. You just bought an iPad and you are holding like this, thinking to take pictures of everybody. No! Read the instruction manual. Since you have now got an iPad, therefore, read the manual so you can apply it. Yes, sir. Christian life is full of results. But many people don't get results because they miss a lot of their force. Therefore, Hebrews, having boldness to come into the holies of holies, go to the next verse 20. Still, he still hasn't said it. What should I do? He hasn't said it. Have you noticed that? (laughs) He's just trying to be more light on what we've got. By a new and a living way, which he, Jesus, consecrated for us through the veil. That is his flesh. So his flesh was the veil. In, in, in. In Matthew chapter 27, you can just put it on the screen. Matthew chapter 27 verse 51, when he died on the cross, when he died, Bible says that the curtain the, the in the temple was torn and then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When he died on the cross, the, no, the, the veil, which of you can come and tear this from top to bottom? Well, you have to climb so for it to be torn from top to bottom, God himself held it and rented it. He said, now, Hebrews can come directly to me. <laughs> now the Hebrews can come directly to me. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And so, the and Bible says that, his, go back to Hebrews chapter 10, his flesh was the veil. His flesh, okay? That is, so now, he says that we have a new and living way a better one. It's a new one. It's a living way, okay, to enter into the boldness. He says, therefore having, from verse 19, therefore having boldness to enter into the holies by the blood of Jesus, go to the next verse, by a new and a living way, which, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, he hasn't said what we should do. Alright? What we are looking for is what should we do? That's what we are looking for now. So let's keep searching. Go to the next verse. Ah, another one. It's just, you see, God just wants you to get it right before he tells you now do. In Christianity, it's not so much about um, do and God will accept you. God has accepted you and he will empower you to do. So guess what? He's still telling us the things we have got. He has used so many chapters, been telling us, Jesus has died for us, he's a high priest, he's saying again, so we don't miss it. So therefore, having boldness to enter into the holies of holies in a new and a living way, by beyond the veil and having a high priest over the house of God, what should I do now? Go to the verse 22. Uh-huh. Now, that's, that's, that's the work. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having a, so full assurance of faith, security. Having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. Sprinkles. You can you So the blood is what sprinkles, cleanses us from. This is what. He said, draw near. Then he began to tell the state that we come in. Full assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Know who you are. Okay? Come boldly. Anytime we come to church, we say, let's pray. 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 Unless you're not born again. If you're not born again, I don't know. I don't know what I can say for you because you are a very miserable person in life. You may look okay, but you are very, very miserable. Even demons know that you are miserable. Hey, there is no hope for an unborn again person. There is no hope. No hope. And when you die, you have straight tickets, straight to hell. If you are listening to me on the internet, please. If you are not born again, please. When you die, you are going straight to hell. You will go to hell. I mean hell. You will go straight with your new shoes and new clothes, everything straight with your certificate straight to hell (laughs) but if you're born again it's not only about after death on earth dynamics change you can you can come boldly into the presence of God in a new and a living way by the blood of Jesus through the veil with full assurance of faith and your heart uh, heart cleansed from evil, uh, your heart sprinkled from evil conscience, and your body's washed with pure water. That's the word of God. You see the Hebrews? Always there's water. Oh yeah, Hebrews deal trade with water. Your your body washed by pure water. That's symbolism of God's word. By the washing of the word. Ephesians chapter chapter 5, verse 26, somewhere there. Okay, so now, so it says, draw near, draw near, With a true heart, okay? So, therefore, having all these opportunities, what should we do? I can't hear you. Therefore, do what? Therefore, do what? So, when you see someone who says, I feel down, I don't want to go to church, the person is not living according to Hebrews. No wonder the suffering doesn't stop. Because the benefits are based on your therefores. Compliance with the therefores. So if you don't comply with the therefore, and you sit there and say, hey, hey, I'm tired, I won't pray again. No, I mean, some of us have heard people say that. And some of us might have even been in that situation before. I know more than 10 people here, It's likely You know what I'm talking about? When you're upset with God. I'm upset with God. I won't pray. I won't pray. I do not even read my Bible. I won't read. I don't, I don't care. I'm upset with God. I'm not talking to someone. Yes. <laughs> God! That's why it says that. Let's get into maturity. All right. So, therefore, come, draw near. Come. Come. God said, come. You can come. Why? Because Jesus has played the way. It's a new and living way. Now, go to the next verse. Let me show you something. The second one. So, have you noticed, the first thing said, therefore, we should do is what? Come near. The second one is what? Hold fast the confession of your hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful you have had all these all powerful promises in the word of God and you have checked it out you abandoned it, you are expecting God to deliver he can't deliver you have to hold fast Hold fast, don't change what you are saying. Keep saying the same thing, keep saying the same thing, keep saying that. And, and, and Pastor Friday didn't leave us just saying, He said, Why should he say? It? Because, did you see that? Keep saying, and without wavering. Why? why? For he who promised, is faithful, He's faithful. 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 The promises that God has given to you, He's faithful to His promise. So don't change what you are saying. In spite of what you are not seeing or what you are seeing, don't change your confession. Keep saying, something, Keep holding fast. Keep holding fast. Actually, Hebrews the 3 verse 1, it talks about Christ is the high priest of our confession. That's a serious statement. Hebrews 3.1, I think so. Therefore, whenever see Christ, the, you know, the, uh, what? The apostle and what? Of your confession. It is what you are saying that he's going to intercede on. It's, it's, that's what gives him what to say to God you didn't hear what I said yes. so if you stop saying the things he has promised you to, he'll do if you stop saying that ask for me. for I'm tired now life is so frustrating nothing is working he wouldn't have anything to say to God as a high priest because he's the high priest of your confession sometimes danger is about to hit you and it just, Jesus will stand in the gap and said no father let angels go because this guy he's, he's been saying I will not die I will not be sick. I will not die. So he can't die. No, he can't die. He's the high priest of your confession. What you have been saying, he's standing on that to intercede for you. Shout Hallelujah. So, back to Hebrews 10. Let us draw near. One, and then the second one, let us hold fast our confession. And then the third one. Go to verse 24. And let us consider one another in order to stay up, love and good works. Consider those of you who have been gossiping, you are spoiling somebody's faith. The people don't know why things don't work. You have you finished praying, you have been doing 40 days fasting. You finish, you are gossiping, you finish praying, go and gossip. And you gossip so much, someone says, I don't even think like going to church. You've gossiped someone out of giving tithe. You've gossiped someone out of joining the choir. You've gossiped someone out of being part of the praise team. You've gossiped someone out of coming to church on weekdays regularly. You've gossiped someone out of being good usher. You've gossiped them. He said, "Oh me, nowadays I can't even come to church." He said, "Oh even me, I'm surprised you know that. Me, I'm tired. I only go on Sunday." You have gossiped someone out, and yet you are expecting your fasting to work. You are flouting the therefores, and then coming with your own set of demands. High priest doesn't work like that. He said, "Draw near, keep your confession, and then go to the next uh, verse twenty-four. Put it back on the screen. Draw near, keep your confession, and consider one another to stay up, stay them up." I wrote down the Greek word for stay up. I like that one. Sometimes paroxysm, paroxysm. All right. So that means to stay up, and it means to stimulate, to incite. So sometimes someone talks to you. And by the time the person finish, you feel fired up to go, keep going with God. Yes. Feel fired up. That's what it is See, as a believer, you so don't don't think of what you are receiving from God it, because of what Christ has done. Therefore, you to fire someone up. Paroxysm. Paroxysm. The brother. The guy is getting paralyzed. Paroxysm. Him. Paroxysm. The, the sister. Someone has broken her heart. Some, he said he heard some people. She heard about how people were gossiping about her shoe. And now you are saying that. And she said, No, I'm tired. I don't want to go to jail. Then you're telling her, No, you know, I think you need to take a one man back. Ah! Stay paroxysm the sister. Paroxysm the brother. Stay up. Therefore, Hebrew. Therefore, sister Hebrew. Brother Hebrew. Stay up, brother up. Stay up, brother up. Stay up, brother up. The brother up. Yes. There are two things. You shouldn't be the reason why someone is backsliding. And then, number two, if you are not the reason why someone is backsliding, when you see someone on the way, go and stand behind them, push them forward. And you, and you see someone backsliding, then you leave. Me, I don't want to trouble anybody. That's not paroxysm. You see someone backsliding, and then you stand. Maybe you are even standing here, but you saw him coming. So you came and stood by the way. You choose, I won't let you backslide. I won't, I won't give you a piece of money. I'll call you every day till you start coming to church again. I'll stand in the way. Why? Because I am a believer and I'm applying the therefore principle. I have access to the grace of God. Put your hands together for Jesus. So, it is difficult for someone to come and tell me, Pastor, I feel I don't want to come to church. And me saying, oh, that's okay. Hey! Some people think, oh, because you're a pastor, that's, no, some because, but because I'm applying the paroxysm principle, because I want to obey the therefore so that things will be there for me. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Okay, let's finish that one. Here we have our 10 verse 24. Let me finish it. Is someone getting something? Yes. Hey, therefore, let's just consider one another. In order to stir up, you know, that, I, don't, I can't go into that, consider. The same way they use, consider the high priest of our calling. Consider. Just example. See, people have their own idiosyncrasies and behavior and demeanors and in- in- inclinations. All right. So you consider them to know how you will help them, step them up on the good work. Sometimes someone, sometimes someone says something about Pastor Frank, and he, I, I, I told Pastor Frank, oh, this is what Pastor Philip was saying about your tie. And then you laugh about it. it. doesn't, it doesn't affect him. And I know I'm not gossiping. But even though I'm not gossiping, I know that if I say that same thing about, to Pastor Philip, this is what Pastor Frank said about your type. That can affect him. So I have to consider his strength. Before I just go, other than that, I'll discourage a brother. Yes, he came to lead prayer and everybody was clapping. And maybe this one is a minister and he says that uh, maybe the way Pastor Frank leads prayer, he talks too much. Meanwhile, everybody's clapping for you, So he's happy. He wants to do it again. I don't need to go and tell him that this was someone else said. Because that alone can make him feel so damn. Because I know, I know that maybe he's not strong. He's already not sure about himself. Let him for me go, to go and tell him that I saw your husband with someone. I saw your wife with someone. And so why are you telling the wife? He, he can't take it. She can't take it. You are a wicked Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Shady yes. All right, let me finish. Consider them will probably pick it up again but let me finish that consider them on to the good the next verse the verse, verse is seriously not forsaking them so when people say I can't come to church they think they are doing the pastor no they are flouting a therefore they are flouting a Hebrew therefore and it will it will have a repercussion adverse effect on them upsetting yourself from church is not fashionable You are not doing anybody harm. It's you and your household. (laughs) It's true. Did you get something tonight? Put your hands together for Jesus. (laughs) Father, we thank you that you died for us and you went into the holies of holies. You went into the tabernacle not made with hands, but the heavenly tabernacle, the original to represent us and to mediate for us so we can be in a better covenant. We thank you. Help us to understand it more. Help us to walk by it more. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.